Thank you very much, Frank. Uh, I Today I am a grateful recovering alcoholic dope fiend. My name is Stanley. And I say dope fiend because uh, that's how I got high, you know. I um, was greedy. Um, and I couldn't stop until the last drop or morsel was gone, you know. Um, it was funny, I was with my granddaughter and wife at a restaurant just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were having lunch, they had a lunch special, and a woman came in with her son about 10 years old, and uh, they ordered, or she ordered a drink, one of these colored drinks that was green with, I don't know, a little umbrella and what have you, and uh, they had their lunch, and uh, they talked, she took a couple of sips, she asked for the bill, paid the bill, and left, and half the drink was still there, when she walked out and I could not, and I happened to say to my wife, you see what she did? I mean, you know, so I know I got to keep coming. You know what I mean? I really do because uh, I could never drink like that. You know, um, a little about myself, uh, how it was before I came into AA, I'm sure is not, not very different from most of you all. You know, I, for the most part had a Catholic education. I went to Catholic grammar school and two years of Catholic high school, Rice High School in New York City, Christian Brothers of Island. And uh, I was there through my sophomore year until they asked me to leave, you know? And uh, when I left, uh, I had started drinking, but sneak drinking for the most part. And uh, my dad was a detective, New York City detective. And um, I went to public school and uh, it took me three more years to finish school, finish high school. Um, I partied, the girls, the drinks, the fun, the, and I just didn't know how to contain myself, you know? Uh, I was very shy, very, not an introvert, but uh, very uh, skeptical about letting people know who, who, who I was and what was going on with me. And the alcohol seemed to uh, free me up a little, you know? Um, and that went through high school, but I was relatively successful, not so much with schoolwork, but with the girls and fairly popular, but I started drinking more and more. And uh, then I decided I would go away to college and uh, went to a small school in Ohio and uh, got down there probably a week earlier, thinking I was going to see the campus and go to the library and what have you. But when I arrived, it was uh, who the drinkers were that were also there early, earlier. And I sort of teamed up with them. And uh, that went on for four years. I, I failed everything. Uh, my parents were, were really disgusted with me. And then I got myself just before I left in a little trouble, which I'll, I'll talk a little bit about later, you know. Um, but my self-esteem was, was really low. I remember, uh, an English class uh, that I had enrolled in, a freshman English class. And um, the professor had a, I guess a teacher's aide, beautiful girl from uh, uh, Mississippi. I forget the, what, what, what town in Mississippi, but very attractive. And I was like, wow, look at her. And he stepped out and let her run the class. And she was doing verbal uh, biographies on each, each one of the new students. And when I got up there, and I, I hadn't been drinking that day, when I got up there, uh, I just froze. I couldn't say anything, you know? And I, 
I, I don't know, I was just, just lost for words. And I think it was then that I realized without this alcohol, uh, I was gonna be in some trouble, you know? And um, I really was, you know? <laughs> um, uh, excuse me, one minute. Um, anyway, um, uh, I stayed there six months over the year that I did. I was uh, locked up. Uh, I was in the uh, Xenia County Jail in Ohio for six extra months. Again, I'll talk a little about that later. But uh, my drinking got to a point where I, I just couldn't take it anymore, you know. And, um, I um, um, we we had we had my uncle had left us a little country place up in the mountains that. Uh, was really run down and what have you. And we'd go up there on weekends in the summer. And um, I would go up trying to fix up the place. We'd pick up floor sanders and uh, my brother-in-law and I, and uh, we'd had uh, ordered sheetrock when we came up and what have you. And uh, we were supposed to work, work on this house and I'd have a half a gallon of Bacardi. I'd have a bundle of dope to the $2 bags back of, of heroin. And uh, I had all my tools to go up there and tell you the insanity of how it was. I remember we were sanding the floor, my brother-in-law and I, and uh, we had a bag of cocaine in the bedroom. And uh, uh, I had the sander and he went into the bedroom and I didn't trust him, you know, and uh, I wanted to make sure he didn't take more or finish it or whatever. And I went in behind him, but I left the sander running. And the floor was like, when we came back out, it was like, just like this, you know? And uh, the sander was, you know, rubbing up against the wall. It was just, just insanity, you know? And somehow I, I lived like that and uh, got to a point where I thought it was okay, you know? That this, not so much was normal, but that it was okay, you know? And it was up there that I realized, uh, I couldn't live like this, you know? And it was one morning, I was up all night sniffing Coke and, uh, and drinking and uh, uh, the sun was coming up and I'm out on the stoop and I, I just started crying, you know? And my wife came out and uh, uh, she said, what's wrong, what's going on? I said, I, I just can't do this. I, ju I just can't do this anymore, you know? And uh, I think it was at that point that I realized I needed some help. And uh, there was a show that used to come on in New York called Straight Talk. And uh, I was watching it uh, in bed, uh, nursing a hangover uh, the morning after this weekend. And uh, they had as guests two, uh, two recovering people. One was an MD, a doctor, and the other one was a registered nurse. And at that time, you know, my concept of a, a drunk or an alcoholic was a stumble bomb down at the bar or whatever. And uh, they caught my attention and I listened and uh, I, they were talking about alcoholism and, and I started to identify, you know, I said, damn, you know, I felt that way. Wow, I felt that way. And at the end of the program, they flashed a, uh, a number for uh, AA intergroup and uh, I decided I'd call it, you know, and uh, I did. And they told me that there was a meeting a double meeting in my area that night, I think at six or 6.30 at uh, Holy Rosary Church. And uh, I decided to go, but uh, I went to the liquor store first. I got a half a pint of uh, 
Bacardi rum and uh, took a couple of swigs and left the rest of the bottle in my car. And uh, I sat down for the meeting. They asked if anyone was new. I said, I was just here trying to uh, see what this thing is about. Uh, I didn't think I had a problem, but uh, you know, I just want to see what you guys are doing. And uh, the person who qualified was one of these barroom brawlers, you know, and he was talking about throwing chairs through the barroom window, punching guys. And I says, oh shit, this fucking thing's not going to work either, man, you know, because that's not how I drank, you know. And uh, I couldn't wait for the meeting to end, you know. And uh, as soon as uh, they finished with the serenity prayer, I was on my way out. And a woman, a white woman, tapped me on the shoulder and she said, Stanley, uh, there's another meeting uh, five minutes from now. Why don't you stay for that? Well, at this point, my self-esteem was so low that just the fact this woman remembered my name, okay, uh, I couldn't tell her no. I just didn't know how to say no, you know. And I sat for that second meeting and, uh, you know, I've been coming back for the most part ever since. Uh, fellow uh, Tony from down uh, the Living Now group down on St. Mark's shared. And again, I identified, you know. Uh, and once I did that, I uh, started going to meetings, you know. Uh, I joined a home group. I got a sponsor. I uh, you know, used to go out on speaking engagements and uh, things were going very well. This is 1983, things were going well, you know. Uh, but I remember the first time I was gonna qualify, uh, I was on, at this point I was on methadone because I was detoxing from heroin. And uh, it was under doctor's prescription and I, 90 days were coming up and uh, uh, my sponsor and I were supposed to go to a meeting where I was supposed to share for my, my first time and I had my qualification half memorized, blah, 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 blah. And on the way, uh, we're driving and uh, my sponsor said to me, Stan, uh, you know, you may want to think about uh, speaking tonight. And I said, what do you mean, man? Shit, I've been planning on this for weeks, you know, and he said, uh, well, you know, you're on methadone and, uh, you know, it's even though the doctor prescribed it, it's, it's still a mood altering substance, you know? And I wanted to tell him to go fuck himself. I wanted to say, what, the, you know, are you nuts, man? You know, but he was my sponsor and I said, well, you know, and uh, I bit my tongue and I said, screw it. Okay, I'm not gonna speak. And actually he ended up speaking that night and it probably was one of the better decisions, you know, I made uh, over the last few years, you know. Um, so anyway, as time went on though, you guys had told me that, you know, half measures avail us nothing. And uh, somehow uh, I started getting bored with meetings. You know, um, my sponsor started taking on more sponsees and, uh, you know, he didn't have as much time for me anymore. At least that's what I thought, you know, and I start cutting back on my meetings, you know, and a few years later, my sponsor passed away from uh, liver disease, you know, from um, hepa uh, not hepatitis, yeah, yeah, hepatitis. Uh, and we, meanwhile, I started taking this negative inventory of, of people I was hearing at meetings, you know. Uh, he or she is not sincere. Uh, he talks program, but he doesn't work it. 
she contradicted herself because uh, I remember the last converse, uh, qualification. She said something else, you know. And then I started questioning things from the big book, little things like recovered versus recovering and da 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 da. -da. And then I heard heard a speaker <laughs> one night say that uh, he didn't get clean to uh, spend the rest of his life in musty rooms, smelling cigarettes and drinking bad coffee. And he had got sober uh, to live a normal life. And my disease jumped on that. It just jumped on that like white on rice, you know? I said, wow, yeah, I don't really need to make all these meetings, you know? And then gradually I started making like a meeting a week, a meeting a month, the meeting every two, three months, you know? Uh, and in around, I guess, 205, 206, we, uh, bought a retirement house down in North Carolina. And I always had talked to people in the fellowship, uh, even when I wasn't making the meetings, you know, not regularly, but uh, I would stay in touch with one or two people who, who were in recovery. And um, so I said, I'd go to this meeting down in uh, North Carolina in a little town called Calabash, where we, we had this place. And uh, there are very few people of color there, you know? So that was one thing that, uh, and then I never saw too many young new people coming into this meeting, you know? And it seemed as though, and this was like 205, most of the people there were older, but they knew or at least shared about knowing Bill or Bob or Abby or one guy knew Dr. Silkworth. I mean, it was like, whoa. And I'd hear this, I mean, and I started again, ah, this is bullshit, you know, I can't do this. So I stopped going to meetings in North Carolina. Uh, in 2017, we decided to sell the place in North Carolina and uh, move to the Virgin Islands where I grew up with some friends here in New York who had settled there, you know. And uh, if any of you know the islands, you know, drinking is, you know, a pastime. And uh, I was playing Russian roulette. I realize that now with my recovery, you know. Uh, Thank God my higher power saw fit for me not to pick up a drink, but uh, I was in the, uh, the grips of, of the lion, believe me. Uh, they talk about staying with the herd. I was not only away from the herd, I was back in the woods and the lions were waiting for me, you know? So then COVID came up and uh, this is now uh, 2000, March of 2000. And, um, uh, I was fearful that if COVID had broken out down in St. Croix, that I wouldn't be able to get back to the mainland here, you know. So I uh, decided to, uh, to leave St. Croix. So we left, we came back to New York. And for some reason, uh, a friend called me a couple of days after I was back and I told him, uh, you know, uh, he says, are you making meetings? I said, nah, not really. He says, well, I got a buddy who's really enthusiastic about the program. Why don't you give him a call or hook up with him, you know? And I said, okay. So um, I called the guy and uh, he started putting me on to, you know, all of these uh, virtual meetings. And um, for some reason I, I got on the band, bandwagon. Uh, my, my higher power so fit for me to, uh, to jump back into this thing, you know? Um, but I, I had forgotten, you know, I had really forgotten that you guys were here to welcome me when I came back and I just abandoned everybody, you know, and I said, you know, I do owe a debt, I do, you know. Um, and I also have to remember that, uh, you know, 
people who relapse are clean, you know, and people who relapse are sober, you know. So, uh, and that was simple, but I, I just couldn't think it while I was, was down in the island, you know. So anyway, I, uh, I came back, you know, and I, uh, during COVID, I, I joined my old home group. I got a sponsor who had a sponsor. Uh, I'm currently uh, doing all the 12 steps over again, you know, and um, I'm working with a guy now who's steeped in the steps and we're going through the big book. Uh, I volunteer to do service. I chair a meeting uh, in my home group. Um, I repurchased all my literature where for some reason my literature just started disappearing in between here in St. Croix all I had was a 12 and 12 but all my as Bob sees it the big book everything seemed to, to disappear you know uh, and I speak to my sponsor or at least somebody in the program mostly every day you know without fail and now I average two virtual meetings a day you know and um since I returned, uh, my life has changed dramatically, you know. But I wanted to talk about something that I only shared once at an AA meeting, you know, and I talked about this low self-esteem. When I was at college in Ohio, I um, was going out with uh, a young girl from the local town. And um, uh, I decided uh, to share this at a meeting uh, down at Perry Street in New York. And uh, my interim sponsor, Phil Parker, was there with me and he had suggested before the meeting, when you share stand, be very honest. And uh, so I shared this incident. Uh, I got this girlfriend and uh, to gain some, I don't know, credence or, or acceptance with two of my friends, male friends, I talked this girl into sleeping with both of them, you know, and I'm not proud of this. I, I haven't shared it since, since then. I shared this at a meeting at Perry Street, the whole story, and a woman in the audience, a recovering alcoholic, screamed out, you're not sorry, you're not regretful. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your voice, you know. You're not sorry. You're not sorry you did that, you know? And I looked over at Phil and, you know, he was just like, you know, just as surprised, I guess, as I was. And uh, I don't know if any of you know Phil P, but, you know, his story's in the big book, which I didn't even know at the time, but uh, he was no help either. So I'm saying, holy shit. So after that, I, you know, I got a little gun shy and uh, I'm sure that had some influence on what I shared uh, at meetings when I, actually did go to meetings, you know. But I, I just want to say that uh, since I've been back and, you know, I've incorporated or at least uh, started to incorporate the steps in my life, uh, my life has just been so much more fulfilling, uh, so much more worthwhile, you know. Uh, I'm less judgmental of others, you know, uh, and I have new people in my life today and I know they care about me and I care about them. And I, I never felt that sense when I, when I first, first came around, you know? And uh, a challenge to me today is trying to keep AA and NA, uh, and I, I make both fellowships, by the way, at the center of my life, you know? Uh, in the past, it was how do I fit meetings and AAA into my busy life, 
busy life in quotes, yeah, right. Uh, today it's, you know, how do I fit my busy life into AA and NA, you know? Um, and uh, that's not to say that, uh, you know, I don't have any challenges, you know. Uh, I had hepatitis C and uh, I was going for checkup. I, I did the Harboni treatment and, uh, you know, my viral load was zero. But uh, they found a tumor on my uh, on my liver. And uh, November 30th of last year, the tumor was removed and they got all the cancer. It was malignant. But um, uh, the doctor explained to me that there's a two-year window that I probably will form more tumors. And if I do, the likelihood is that they will be malignant also because of the hep C. And uh, so I'm, I'm scheduled to take uh, my second MRI uh, in June, June 9th, actually. So, you know, that's preying on me. So it was set up that I was taking the uh, MRI June 9th at 12.30 p.m. And I had the doctor's appointment to read the MRI at three o'clock. And I get a call two, three days ago from the doctor's office that uh, the secretary tells me the doctor is going to be in surgery for the next week and a half after the ninth, and they have to postpone uh, the reading until then. So I guess I'll be in suspense for, uh, I don't know, nine days after this MRI takes place, you know. But uh, I'm talking about it. I'm dealing with it. Uh, another thing that uh, has come up in my life, my wife, of, uh, off and on over 50 years, is... Uh, has been diagnosed with the early stages of dementia, you know, and uh, that's heavy, you know, but I have people in the program who have spouses or had spouses, relatives, parents who had dementia and they're, they're very, very helpful, you know. Uh, I also belong to uh, an Alzheimer's group that focuses on dementia and uh, go to meetings there occasionally, you know. I'm so confident that I'm going to get through this no matter what, because I have the program and you people in it, you know, and, uh, you know, without the program, I don't know where I'd be right now, you know, uh, I just don't know, you know, and I am, I am just so grateful to be back. And I, I want to thank each and every one of you all for helping me stay straight today. Thank you for listening. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic dope team. My name is Stanley.